Excellent. We're going to jump into God's Word this morning, and um, we are uh, continuing. We're coming in for a closing, really, on our series, Wisdom for Life. And if you haven't been around over the last couple of months, we've been in this series that I don't think we've ever had so much feedback to, um, which is encouraging because God is speaking to individuals about so many different things. And in this series, if you haven't been with us, we've been using the wisdom of God, God's Word, because God's Word is a whole load of different things, but it's wisdom for our life. We've been looking at God's wisdom and talking about how to handle everyday situations in life. So we've covered a whole lot of stuff. It's all available on our website, family.church forward slash listen. I'm not going to recap it all, but we've looked at things like handling disappointment, um, handling conflict, how to make good decisions, all things that we face every single day of our lives and talking about how does God's wisdom fit in with that. Now, today I want to do something a little bit different and we're going to have some people share um, at the end with me. But I want to talk about what God's wisdom is concerning something that we all encounter and that is church. What is God's wisdom concerning church? Something that's relevant to each and every single one of us. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at God's wisdom again today and then talk about how this applies to us directly, whether that's individually or whether that's as a church community. Because I'm conscious that we've seen a lot of new faces over the last couple of months, and that's brilliant. And we're just so glad that you're here. And I want you to know how we view God's wisdom concerning church, concerning what the church is, Yet at the same time, if you've been part of this journey now for two, five, um, ten, the whole 11 years that Family Church haven't has been journeying, I still want us to be reminded of how we approach God's wisdom concerning church because to me the pandemic was a really useful gauge as to whether people understand globally what the church actually is and when we're, whether we're operating under what God's wisdom says about the church or rather, we're working on our own opinion. Because when you talk about the church, even that word conjures up different thoughts, right? If I was to ask you what church is, it may be different to somebody else. If we were to ask 100 people um, in Haven today, what does church mean to you? Um, people would respond with different words. Some of them we can repeat, some of them we can't. That's the reality of how people's opinion is of church. Some would talk about dog collars. Some would talk about stained glass windows. Many uh, would talk about a place they were dragged to as a child um, going to Sunday school. That's a reality. Many would, of course, talk about the building. When we talk about church, we say things every day like, I'll meet you by the church or that church on the corner. We refer to the church as a physical bricks and mortar building. And so often in general, the world has a particular view of what church is. Yet how many times as Christians do we also have a view of what church is that might not line up with what God's word actually tells us it is. For example, for many Christians, they talk about going to church. On Sunday, I'm going to church, and that's their only interaction with the word church. We think that church is an event that we go to on a Sunday morning or a service that we frequent. I'm going to church, or, or the church is that, that group of people, whatever it might be. And so those kind of people who view church as an event or a service were the people who were really rocked by a pandemic hitting the global church. 
And so you'd hear these statements, not just here, but around the world, people would say, oh, oh, the church um, has been closed for 12 months. What they actually meant was the physical gathering of God's people hasn't been happening in the usual ways. But let me tell you, the church of Jesus Christ here and around the world was not shut down for 12 months because you cannot shut down what Jesus is building. Amen? Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay. So if we understand that church is not a service or a building or an event, what is the church? And we've spoken about this a lot over the last five to ten years according to God's wisdom not according to our opinion but according to God's wisdom God's word it's a called out people it's people that Jesus Christ died for and those who have placed their faith in him have been rescued out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God in other words if you have faith in Jesus Christ today you are the church amen we're in agreement with that this morning you are the church. Now, I know some of you who've been journeying with God for X amount of years may have heard this millions of times, but how important is it that we keep understanding what God's word and God's wisdom says about what the church is? Because otherwise, our understanding of what church is can be so skewed. See, when you look at God's word, God's wisdom about what church is, you see church referred to in a number of different ways. And that could be a whole study in itself that maybe we'll do one time but the church is referred to as the body of Christ the bride of Christ the light of the world the army of God and we need to understand that again when we read these things in the Bible that's talking about you that's talking about me if we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ that I am the body of Christ on the earth and so are you that we are the bride of Christ that Jesus is coming back for that we are the army of God that has been put on this earth to push back the forces of darkness. We are the light of the world in the way that we live in our, in our streets, in our neighborhood, in our um, workplaces, in schools, in colleges. That we are called to be the light of the world in that place. That Jesus said they would see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. And then the Bible also refers to the church as God's family. Let's look at a couple of verses on this. I just want to lay a foundation for what we're looking at today. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. Ephesians 1 verse 5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. God's family is the church. Ephesians 2.19, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You are members of God's family. 1 Timothy 3 verse 15 in this translation says, I want you to know how people who are members of God's family must live. God's family is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. So if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, as the majority of us in this place have done this morning, if you never have done, then we're going to give you an opportunity to do so at the end of our service. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then the Bible says that you are the church. 
That's why when people say, oh, I've had it with the church, uh, I'm leaving the church, I'm never going to the church again, I've left the church forever, it's nonsensical because you can't leave yourself, right? Unless you're having an out-of-body experience. You, can't, you are the church. What people mean is, I'm no longer going to attend a physical gathering of the people of God called the church. But we say things like, oh, I'm leaving the church. You can't leave your, the church. You are the church of Jesus Christ. All of those who are children of God are part of God's church. So we're going to understand that Family Church Haven is not primarily an organization. It's not primarily a charity. It's not um, one of those things. It's a family. It's a spiritual family, not just because it's in our name, but because that's what the Bible says we are. Amen? Amen? Good, good. You're still with me. Don't worry about distractions. Just focus in on the Word of God this morning. Now, when we talk about being a family, for anybody who's brand new to us this morning, when we talk family, that doesn't mean cult. Okay, let me just clarify that. But if you ever leave family church, then people are blessed on their way. We don't start following your car. We don't turn up at your house. We don't get you to stop talking to your family, just to clarify that. But we understand we are not an event. We are a family, according to what the Word of God says we are. So let's look at this this morning. What is God's wisdom What does God's word tell us about this family that is both global, but when Taffy, just using Taffy as an example for a moment, when Taffy's the other side of Papua New Guinea, she's still the church in that place, okay? I hope you know Family Church Haven is not it, okay? When she's in Papua New Guinea, she's still the church. So there's a global church that is 2.3 billion people today, but there's also a local church that you and I are a part of called Family Church haven't. And I want us to look at what does God's wisdom say about this church. Now, the first thing I want to point out, that's really important that we understand, according to God's word, is that this family is an imperfect family. This family is an imperfect family. Now, it's important for us to understand this because otherwise, you will go from church to church to church. You will constantly be offended and disappointed with a family of God if you have this notion in your mind that there is a perfect church out there. Let me say this. I've said it before. Let me say it again. Family church haven't is imperfect. Why? Because I'm in it. And Kirsty's in kids' church, but you can ask her after the service. She will tell you, I'm not perfect. I may sometimes like to think I am not perfect. But it's okay because family church haven't is imperfect because you're in it too and you're not perfect despite what you may like to believe sometimes. We are an imperfect people. Family church heaven is not perfect. Listen, only one man is perfect. His name is Jesus. That's why we worship him. Let, let me tell you, I will disappoint. Your hope should never, I hope it is never in me. Your hope should never be in me. Your hope should never be in family church haven't. Your hope should be in Jesus. Jesus saves you, family church haven't don't. Jesus is the one who heals you, family church. Okay, so we understand that Jesus is the one that we place our hope, our confidence, our trust. He is the one who is perfect. That's why we worship him. And I say this because, you see, sometimes you talk to somebody, they've come in and you're connecting with them, and you're just talking about family church and all that kind of stuff, and you find out that we are now number 74, church number 74 on their church TV. It's like, as long as anything... Again, don't mishear me. There are good and valid reasons why people move church. 
We now live in a global world where people are constantly moving around for work or uh, relocating, all manner of different place, reasons. So just in terms of geography, people are constantly moving church families. There's also reasons why God calls us out of somewhere into somewhere else. So again, don't mishear me. God will sometimes clearly signpost us to somewhere. There's an assignment he has for us. There's a season that we go through. Life is made up of seasons. And sometimes there's a season in one into another. But I'm talking about sometimes I speak with people and it's church number 74 because they've been for every other church in the UK and got offended at every other church. And they've got this notion in their mind that there's a, some perfect church out there when actually the word of God says otherwise. And it's important that we know that. Now, again, don't mishear me. The Bible says we should be growing. The Bible says we should be maturing. The Bible says that we should go from, you know, not just remaining as converts, but being disciples. So all of us as a church should be moving together and growing together, being discipled together and becoming more and more like Jesus, becoming more and more mature. So what I'm not saying is, oh, we're imperfect. We're just going to put up with it. We'll just behave however we want, treat each other however we want. No, 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 that's not what the Bible says either. But we've got to understand that the church is imperfect, otherwise we'll constantly be putting our trust in people rather than in Jesus. Now let's just very quickly look at a couple of verses on this, because sometimes I think we are guilty in the 21st century of idolizing the early church. I've done it, you've probably done it. We, we, we look at the early church with romantic eyes. Now, again, don't mishear me. God was moving in power. I want to see some of the signs and wonders they were seeing far more in today's church. But at the same time, let's not kid ourselves that the church, the early church, was perfect because it was far from it. Because it was made up of imperfect people saved by a perfect saviour. You read uh, you know, the, the, the letters that Paul writes to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. Read those sometimes and tell me that the early church was perfect. When Paul is writing to the church and he's dealing with all manner of things that are happening in that church. There's incest going on in that church. There's, there's prostitution that's going on around. They're, they're, they're in different factions about this leader's the best. No, this leader's the best. No, this leader's the best. All this kind of stuff is going on all the time around them. Their, their worship services are complete chaos. They can't even take communion correctly. And yet we look at the early church like they were perfect no that's not what the epistles show us there was all sorts of stuff going on people were taking each other to court all manner of things going on and so Paul often in his epistles would write to the church in Ephesus or Corinth and he would speak into the way that they were dealing with each other let's look at a couple of those verses Ephesians 4 2 to 3 he writes to the church always be humble and gentle be patient with each other Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, why would he have to say be patient with each other if they were perfect? He's talking about how they are. Colossians 3, 14 to 15. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. You know, the most important thing that you wear when we gather as church is love. That you can get dressed up in your Sunday best, but actually if you're not wearing love, then the whole of it is pointless. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So against the backdrop of imperfect people 
Jesus says that God's wisdom is be humble, gentle, patient, loving, thankful, united, forgiving, making allowance for each other. So let me challenge you as I challenge myself today. Are we displaying that kind of characteristic in the church as we are the church? Are we those kind of people? If not, then maybe it's time for us to take the challenge of God's wisdom on board today. So the church is not perfect, but listen to me, it's still beautiful. It's still what Jesus is building on this earth. It's still how he's reaching the lost. It's still what he's working in and working through. That's what Kirsty and I are giving my li- our lives to serving the church of Jesus Christ because we love the church. So don't mishear me this morning. The church is imperfect, but it is beautiful. Jesus is building it. Jesus is coming back for it. I love the church of Jesus Christ. What else does the Bible say about this family? It says that the family gathers to worship, to pray, to receive, and to be equipped. Do you know, part of our call as God's family is to worship together, is to pray together, is to gather as the church and glorify God. The church is people. It's not the gathering. But the people are called to gather. Amen? The church is the people. It's not the gathering, but the people are clearly called to gather. Hebrews 10 verse 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There is power in the church worshipping together. There is encouragement in coming together as God's people. There is something we receive as a spiritual family when we come together. And the writer of Hebrews says, don't put it second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh, eighth position on your list of things to do. Make it an important part of you being the church. Now when we gather as a church, again, whether that's a Sunday morning, whether that's uh, a smaller connect group type setting, whether that's two people from uh, the, the household of God meeting together for coffee, whether it's people having dinner together, whether it's people meeting online because for whatever reason they can't access a gathering in a physical way. It should be so much. It should be a time of celebration. It should be a time of worship. It should be a time of fellowship, of being together, of koinonia. But it's also a time of equipping. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. It says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So one of the reasons that we gather, and I want you to hear this so that we understand that every part of our gatherings is important, not just the worship or not just the word, but all of it combined together. One of the reasons we gather is to be equipped, whether that's connect group, whether that's church on Sunday, whether that's meeting as, as friends, as the church. We're equipped to go and be the church wherever God calls us to be. You are still the church on Wednesday morning in your streets. In the way that you drive, some of us need to, the way that we drive, we're still the church when you are in traffic. Let me just remind you of that. Not just Sunday morning, you are still the church when your neighbor does that thing that irritates you. You are still the church in the workplace. We are still the church wherever we are called to be. And again, sometimes that plays with people's thinking about what church is. 
because they think of this little holy huddle where they are safe on a Sunday morning and they have their church time and then the rest of their life is just lived however they want. No, no, no. The church is not a holy huddle. The church is called to be the church 24-7, wherever God has called us to be. When we gather, we're equipped to go out there and make a difference once again. So we receive from this family. This family helps us with our walk with Jesus. It helps us to live a, a far bigger life than we could ever live on our own and be used by God in a much bigger way. It enables us to use our giftings for God's glory. We receive from this family, but we've also got to recognize that this is a family where we can contribute. This is a family where we can contribute. But the spiritual family known as a church is a family we should receive from, but also one we can contribute to. Now, I haven't said must, but we can contribute to. The Bible says we're all parts of a body of Christ. God has given us giftings and abilities, and God has given us a part and a role to play. Not because we feel we have to, but because we have a revelation of what this family is and what God wants to do through it. So what are some of the ways that we can contribute? Let me just share on God's wisdom on this. Serving. Now we often call it being on a team or being involved in an area of church. And again, in this generation, serving has got a real bad name, even in church at times. But actually, Jesus modeled what it was to serve. Jesus is the servant king. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8. says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus is the very epitome of servanthood. And it's an honor to serve. Now, again, we're all at different ages and stages of life. It's not one size fits all as to what serving in this family looks like. But we should see this as an opportunity and not a chore. But we get to serve in this family. So I want to encourage you. You know, maybe you've been journeying with us for a while. Maybe you've been here for years. I want to encourage you to not only receive, but to contribute to being a part of this family. If you feel like this is home and you want to connect with us and there's plenty of opportunities to do that come and speak um, to us another way that we can contribute is with our finance now again the minute you start talking about finance it enters a whole different ball game for some people and you can preach a whole year's worth of messages on all manner of different things the minute you talk about finance but all they ever talk about is money at that church but the bible shows us that one of the ways we contribute is with our finance read paul's letters the way that he spoke to the church, it was financial. Tithing is a principle that we believe in here at Family Church. Again, the, the Old Testament principle that flows into the New Testament, that was there before law, and we could talk hours and hours on this, but we believe that the Bible shows us the power of tithing, not only as a way of honoring God in our lives, first and foremost, but also as a way of financing what the kingdom is doing in this area. So there's an ongoing opportunity to give and to contribute. Let me just touch just for a moment on the vision offering that's coming up. And again, if you're new to us, if you've just been journeying with us for a couple of weeks or you're brand new, hear my heart where I'm sharing this, but I'm talking um, to the family that call themselves Family Church haven't. 
that in November you will have seen an email, and if you didn't receive that email then, and you want more details, come and speak to us. In November, we're doing a month where you have an opportunity to give over that month, not just for the today's, but for the tomorrow's. And again, the email talks a lot more about what we've done with the finance over last year and what we're looking to do this year, that there's four different key areas that we're looking to fund. Again, if you didn't receive that, come and speak to us. But again, no one is obligated to give. I want you to hear our heart in this, but we have an opportunity to contribute to the family. As I said, it's amazing when you talk about finance in the church, people, you, you see, they just get completely bent out of shape. And we have this notion or we understand that we need finance to run a car or to pay our mortgage or to go on holiday, but then we think that the church runs on jelly beans in this mystery world that we live in. We've got to understand that at family church, we're not awkward about this stuff that sometimes you can preach on God's for you and everyone's like, amen, God wants you to experience his peace. Amen, we're going to talk about an opportunity to contribute. <laughs> it's a killer. But our heart is that nobody is ever forced to give. Nobody is ever in a place where you're going to feel guilty if you don't. But we have an opportunity to contribute to all that God wants to do over the next 12 months and we're full of vision for the next 12 months. We want to be a church that don't just cheer about what God is doing. Don't just pray in prayer meetings, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But actually take care of the vehicle and ownership of the vehicle that God is using. Classic verse always worth pointing back to. Again, Paul writing to a church, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Okay, Paul is right and he says, when it comes to giving, don't do it begrudgingly, don't do it reluctantly, don't do it under compulsion. And that's our heart at Family Church, that we will never have you arm twisted. We will never, you know, this is not comic relief, okay? You're not going to have to text, text this number with your, we don't go down that line, but we just talk openly and honestly about this is the need and this is how we can meet the need. So there'll be opportunity to give over the course of November. We contribute by serving, by finances. How else can we contribute to this family? By caring for one another. By caring. But just as a natural family thrives and is in health when one looks out for another, so it is with the spiritual family of God. So it is with church. We are called to care for one another. Philippians 2 verse 2 to 4. Make me truly happy, Paul writes to the church, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You know, the church family functions as it should when people look out for one another. When we don't just think, oh, somebody else will do that. Or, oh, it's just the leadership's responsibility. But we actually understand, no, we are the family of God. And we reach out to somebody when we say, do you know what? Over the last few times I've seen them, they've just not been themselves. I'm going to reach out to them. I'm, I'm going to give them a phone call. When we go with the promptings that God's put in on our heart, when we haven't seen somebody at our gatherings for a while, but we don't just think, oh, I hope somebody else has reached out to him. No, no, no. If God's pulling it on your heart, you reach out to that individual. 
turn up at their door, again, not in a culty way, but turn up at their door, hey, we've missed you, how are you doing? Do you want to go out for coffee? That the family of God are looking out for one another and not just attending an event alongside one another. There's a massive difference to that. So I want to throw out the question that I ask myself as well. Are we merely receiving from the church and the family of God, or are we contributing in whatever way God is calling us to? This family, which is imperfect, this family who gather to worship and pray and receive and be equipped, it's a family we don't just receive from, but also contribute to. And finally, and this is what we're ending with, this is a family where we journey together. And I've asked Ian and Helen just to come up and share just for a moment just about the thought of journeying together as church family because you may have heard us talk about connect groups and you're like what on earth are they especially if you're new to church you have no experience of small groups and um, we're going to explain through Ian and Helen our understanding of yes there's a larger gathering on a Sunday morning but the thought of doing life alongside one another so let's welcome Ian and Helen as they share this morning morning all um yeah, I think we, we talked about this um, ourselves. And one of the things that uh, I think particularly over lockdown that we really both benefited from was having that connection with other people. I think anybody was predicting the sheer separation that happened um, those 18 months ago. I think the one thing that really drew to my attention is what church is, is the connections that we make. It is the people, the people that are holding us accountable, people that are encouraging us, people that are helping us. Because, you know, we can do all the things. We can listen to preachers online. We can do praise and worship in the car, in the kitchen, whatever. But what we can't get is that connection with other people. So when Stephen Kersey asked us to uh, kind of take over the Connect Bit groups, we're really excited about it because we both really understand the value of being connected with others. So we have got a handful of Connect groups running at church. I'll run you through those that we've got. Um, and then, I don't know, we're going to go from there. Um, first one, Stephen Kersey do run a Connect group, first of all. There's no, on a Thursday, no real generic focus, is there, or it's just a case of, yeah, yeah, just connecting. It doesn't have to be a focus, this is the one specific thing. There can generally be a nice focus to it. Mark and Glynis also run a connect, what, sorry, I didn't ask you what day you are. You run yours. Tuesday, so Mark and Glynis run on a Tuesday, and they've got all sorts of age range um, and different people, they kind of go for different focuses. If you've ever talked to Mark, you've kind of got a good idea of what must go down at his connect groups because he's always got some depths and some strengths so you know there's going to be some really good stuff there uh aki does run a men's connects group specifically for the guys um i've been to a couple of those and i know a few of the other guys here do go and i know it's an incredibly powerful time i know it's a really great opportunity to do those um lucy i know does run a ladies one but i believe um chosen to keep that You've got your people doing that for various, and that's absolutely fine. So if there is anyone else here that would like to do another ladies-based connect group, please come and ask us, because we'd love to do that. Um, practicality means you do have to do a cut-off at some point, and that, that's absolutely fine. But if anybody else would also like to do a ladies-based one, that would be great. And I believe the final one is one that we do. Again, you don't have to do a connect group on a Tuesday. However... Um, <laughs> They seem to be the only three days in the in the church week. But we also do one on a Tuesday meeting at our house. Um, and again, we, we, we do the similar things the other guys do. We look at the word, we talk it through, we get that extra depth, we share, um, we pray, and all those other, other really great things. Am I missing anything? Um, new one tomorrow. Oh, yeah, new one starting. Well. Okay. <laughs> starting a new uh, connect group tomorrow. Um, the first one's tomorrow. Um, it's a kind of running, walking connect group. Um, any fitness level, welcome. Um, and we will meet at um, 
uh, Hillsy Lido um, in the car park at seven o'clock, have a little chat and a pray, and then go off together in groups so you're not on your own in the dark. And so the, the idea is that you can chat, you can pray, you can connect. I find it much easier to talk to people and like get deep with people when you're not looking straight at them and staring them in the face. So a great opportunity to have a chat to people, get to know each other, connect, find out what's going on and how you can pray for each other. And then we will meet back at the end. And because at any fitness level, you go, go for 20 minutes in one direction, come back for 20 minutes, you go as far or as short as you want. And um, yeah, so that one starts tomorrow if anyone would like to come. It'll be every other Monday. Um, yeah. Just to say about um, yeah uh, the benefits of joining a connect group is it, like, it's really hard on a Sunday morning to um, to build those relationships. Church is busy and there's lots of people. It can be easy to feel a bit lost or on your own. But having that group of people that you meet every week, every other week, a lot most um, connect groups run every other week. Having that group of people that you know that you can just send a message. Oh, can you really just pray for me about this? I'm really struggling. Or um, um, that you that you can get to know better and that you know you've always got someone at the church that you're like yes I know them really well I'm going to go and say hello I'm going to talk to them to, to, we don't want church to be a lonely place church is family and this is our family and that's it's just such a great way of getting that deeper relationship with people and having more in-depth discussions we've been talking through Steve's messages at our connect group and um yeah, having a chance to really dig in and think, oh, what does he mean about that? Let's look it up. Let's discuss it a bit more. Let's find out what other people think about it. And you'll find that people get different things. So, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. And then having that opportunity to discuss and grow in that as well. Yeah, definitely want to reiterate about church not being a lonely place as well. Um, as Steve pointed out last week, I can talk to anybody about anything, including drain pipes, apparently. Um, so if you, are feeling, if you are feeling a bit pants, a bit lonely, if you've turned up on your own or you've not been able to come with usual fans, if, please come and find me. Please come and find me or Helen. Um, I know Mark and Steve will make a beeline for you as well. But generally, if you are feeling a bit awkward, just stand there on your own. I will find you. I promise. However, please, <laughs> please come and find me. Um, I'm always happy to chat, always happy to chat. Helen's always happy to chat. Everybody here is always happy to chat to you, so please don't feel like you're ever alone in this place there. Um, if you want to find out more about what Connect Groups are on offer, please come and talk to us. If anybody here is thinking, actually, I think there might be a need for a Connect Group on a certain time of day, for example, if any, any kind of mums or anything else like that are thinking, actually, could do with one during the day when you know, I can just leave the kids then, please let us know. We're happy to help facilitate that, provide resources, give you ideas. If anybody does want to start one, they think, I think there's a need here, please, please, please let us know. Um, yeah, other than that, that'll go for you. Thank you very much, Ian and Helen. And, and listen, while, while we're talking, let, let me just, because I don't think I've had opportunity to do this, but let me just, um, a massive thank you to our Connect Group leaders. Um, specifically over the lockdown, I mean, always thank you, but specifically over the lockdown period. And the reason I say that is because one of the greatest joys for me over lockdown was when I would ring up somebody and just say, how are you doing, what's going on, How are you? checking in with people. So often people who are in connect groups would turn around and say, oh, it's okay, my, my connect group leader, I've met with them or I've spoken to them about this or whatever it was. And time and time again, we weren't even aware of stuff that the Connect Group leader had done for those people, had, had encountered with those people, supported those people. And so we are just so thankful to each and every single Connect Group leader for what you do. Let's give them a round of applause. Not token, but out of an honour. And so we champion you, we thank you. And yeah, come and speak to us about 
connect groups. Let's just close our eyes in, in prayer this morning. I know that's a bit of a different message, maybe more of a practical one, but I hope that it has spoken uh, into your life and challenged you in terms of your understanding of church and, and maybe us just being honest about this is who we are as family church and we hope that you um, are enjoying the journey, connecting with us and in any way that we can be of support to you come and speak to us. But I just want to close down this service by simply giving a, an opportunity for somebody here today to make a decision that will change your life not may but will change your life and what i'm not going to do in this moment is embarrass you or call you out i'm going to give you an explanation of a way that you can make a decision that will move you forward in life the what decision am i talking about i'm talking about giving your life to jesus christ i said earlier listen family church haven't are a nice bunch of people but we can't save you jesus christ will save you from what from sin from death from everything that is pulling upon your life and causing your life not to be all that it could be God has created you and has a plan and a purpose for you and wants to be in relationship with you he's not some cosmic being in the sky God loves you and wants a relationship with you and that relationship is only possible through Jesus so we're going to pray and I'm just going to pray for you today. And if you make that decision, again, I'm not going to bring you down to the front or embarrass you, but I want you to do something brave for me afterwards. I want you to, to speak to Mark uh, at the back. And if you're a lady, then he'll connect you with a lady just to have an opportunity to say, yeah, that, that's me. I'm making this decision. How do I find out more? And we will help you in the first steps of this journey where you are saved and transformed forever and you get the the amazing opportunity to journey with Jesus Christ day by day by day and just see the adventure that he takes you on in life Holy Spirit I thank you that you've brought us together this morning God thank you for church thank you for the family of God thank you that you've placed us in this family for such a time as this Holy Spirit thank you that you're working on the hearts of people today and Lord I just want to pray for any single person here today who's never given their life to you Jesus who maybe have, has wandered away from church, disgruntled, fed up, just turned their back. And they understand today that you're calling them home, calling them home to you. Jesus, I thank you that the sound of heaven is welcome home over their life, whether it's for the first time or they're recommitting their life to you, Jesus, this morning. I just speak peace over their mind and over their heart. Lord, thank you for saving them. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in them right now as I'm praying this prayer. And Lord, I thank you that as they make this decision and as they go and speak with somebody, Lord, I thank you that you surround them with just wise counsel, with good people who are going to help them in their journey and not take them away from you. Lord, we just give you all the honor and all the praise this morning. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in and through this church. Lord, I thank you that as we go and we be the church this next seven days, Lord, wherever you've called us to be, Lord, I thank you that we will be the church that you've called us to be, the light of the world, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ on this earth, the army of God, making a difference where you have called us to be. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Just give one more shout of praise to God this morning.